The New York Giants are about halfway through summer training camp. What have we learned so far and what more do we need answered? That's coming up next on today's Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name's Patricia Chena, and it is Thursday already, August 10th, and we are rolling through the week with the New York Giants. We'll be playing the Detroit Lions tomorrow for their first preseason game of 2023, And that means we're about halfway through summer training camp. And we're going to talk about what we've learned about the New York Giants thus far, what we still need to learn with good friend Ed Valentine on this episode of the Lockdown Giants podcast, which is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code LOCKDOWN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And Ed Here we are halfway through. I mean, time flies when we're having fun, huh? Yes, indeed, Patty. All these, Patty, all these, I got to say, all these fancy graphics and music and all that stuff. I mean, what are you big time now or something? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I wish. Uh, I'm just, I'm just doing, you know, five days a week, bring, or sometimes six or whatever. Basically, whenever the Giants have an activity, we have an activity here. But, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're trying to, to, to jazz it up a little bit. But anyway, uh, yeah, halfway through right. summer training camp, Ed, we've learned a, quite a bit about this team, you know, go, actually going back even to the springtime. But there's still more that, that we have to learn. But let's start off with what we have learned about the Giants. So if training camp were to end like today, what would you say the biggest takeaway is on the New York Giants that you've learned? Well, let's go, let's break it down into offense and and defense, Patty. Offensively, we knew that Darren Waller would change the Giants offense somewhat. But I think that for me, it's not even about trying to figure out which guys make the roster at wide receiver. But for me, it's, it's watching what we've seen in training camp with the way that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are using these guys. I keep referring to what the giants are creating from Darren Waller, right through all the right, the wide receivers. I keep referring to it as a positionless group because we're seeing, we're seeing Paris Campbell in the backfield. Sometimes we're seeing Darren Waller in the backfield. We're seeing, you never know where guys are going to line up. From, from one play to the next. And that's, for me, that's that's been the, I don't even know if it's a takeaway, but it's been the most interesting thing to watch is just the, the de- development of the way that the Giants are using this receiving group. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's all about matchup football because last year you can make the argument the Giants couldn't play matchup football as well as maybe they wanted to on the offensive side of the ball. What about the defensive side of the ball? What What's uh, the biggest takeaway you have so far? I was just going to say quickly, Patty, how many times last year did you and I discuss the fact that the Giants really had one path to victory? 
they had they had one very narrow lane. They were able to stay in it quite a bit, but they had one really narrow lane. And I I think that I, I think that's a little different this year. Defensively, my biggest takeaway is you know, Trey Hawkins has been terrific, but it's very, very difficult to succeed in the NFL with two rookie cornerbacks on the outside. It's just, it's not an easy position to play. Guys have a huge learning curve. And for me, my biggest takeaway is, is just how unsettled that position is, that cornerback spot is really with, uh, you know, with, with, Dory Jackson playing in the slot sometimes and Darnay Holmes playing there other times and Cordell Flott playing there sometimes. So that's, that's the biggest thing for me is, is how is Wink Martindale going to figure all of that out in the next couple of weeks? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I think the defensive secondary is a little bit more settled and I'm talking both cornerback and safety here, a little bit more settled than maybe coming into camp. You know, you figure, Adoree Jackson, Deontay Banks, like you said, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to put two rookies on either side, you know, all the time. I think they're going to mix it up a little bit. But, you know, it looks like they've got an answer with Jason Pinnock at safety next to Xavier McKinney. Um, You know, Trey Hawkins can be maybe a good third cornerback option. Um, Nick McLeod can play, even though he's been working at safety, he can play cornerback. So I don't know. I just feel like the depth is a little bit better, a little bit more settled than maybe it was last year. Yeah, they they have plenty of plenty of uh, of bodies and plenty of capable players. I'm just not sure how it's all going to shake out. It's obvious Pennick is going to be one of the starting safeties. I'm just not sure how they're going to figure out the cornerback thing. I think you're I think you're right that they're not going to play two rookies on the outside all the time. But it's definitely an option when you have a team like the Dallas Cowboys where a guy like CeeDee Lamb he plays so much in the slot, you know, and he's their best he's their best receiver. So it's definitely something that I think they'll consider. But the, the other the other takeaway on defense, and it's largely been injury related, it's largely been caused by injuries, but the Giants spent the offseason trying to upgrade the depth on that the interior of that defensive line and right now injuries you know just just have them still looking for help in that spot which i think i wouldn't really have anticipated that coming into camp yeah i i'm kind of surprised by that as well but you know just sticking with some of the things we've learned is it me or have you noticed a lot more pre-snap motion and a lot more 12 and 13 personnel being run by the offense. Oh, absolutely. You know, you've got a situation on offense where you've got Daniel Bellinger, who's a quality tight end with a very different skill set than the one possessed by Darren Waller. And it allows the Giants to, to basically play Waller as a wide receiver. How many three wide sets or how many how many bunch sets have we seen throughout camp with you know, with with the bunch on one side and Darren Waller split as the sole receiver on the other side, that's part of what I'm talking about. With just the the positionless nature of what they're able to do, the mix and match nature of what they're able to do, 
Jalen Hyatt is a guy that's looked at as an outside receiver in the NFL, but you can put him in bunch formations. And, and, and I don't even know what you call the different positions in a bunch formation. Cause they're all, you know, it, it it's, it's a way to get guys free releases and, uh, it it's just it's very interesting to me how they're how they're doing it. Oh, the other you want to throw a little something that's a surprise on the on the offensive side. Did Daniel Jones get big, or did he get really big? I, I was just gonna say he got big, and he's he's like a he's like a pitcher that added about five miles an hour to his fastball. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Of the developments, we got to mention Daniel Jones, who, by the way, you know, has been having one heck of an offseason. Started going back to the spring through training camp. Now, he did have the bad practice, you know, on Tuesday. Big deal. Everybody has a bad day once in a while. You just pick up, you know, lace up your bootstraps again and you move on. But Daniel Jones, I mean, being in year two of this offense, how much more confident has he looked? with his throws and just taking more chances with the ball placement. Oh, absolutely. And we haven't seen since his rookie season, we haven't really seen Daniel Jones pushing the ball down the field. And I think consistently throughout training camp, he has reminded us that he may not have Patrick Mahomes arm but he can throw the deep ball and he can put it on target. He can make that play. And, uh, you know, for me, you talk about deep ball, you have to talk about Hyatt. And we all knew that the guy could run. We all knew, you know, what his 40 time was. And his 40 time at the combine was probably slow compared to what he can run because he's faster than a 4-4 guy. But you, you watch him run and, and a safety who's not at full speed when Hyatt when when Hyatt gets to that level, a safety that's not at full speed already is already beaten. It's just yeah. But what's really, I think, taking everybody by surprise is that Hyatt is more developed at the nuances of the receiver position than people thought. He's running good routes. He's catching the ball in traffic. He's doing all of the things that you have to do to eventually become a complete wide receiver in the league. Now that's not to say he's going to go out and catch a hundred balls this year, but he's, but to my eyes, he's farther ahead than I would have anticipated. For sure. For sure. All right. We're talking with Ed Valentine, a big blue view coming up next. We're going to talk about what we haven't learned yet about this New York giants team through halfway through uh, summer training camp and what we need to learn. That's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdogs Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers and no trades. Underdogs sets your best lineup every week. So go ahead and try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an observed $3 million going to the winner. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store 
and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Chan, and I'm joined by good friend Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And we're kind of doing a halfway mark uh review, if you will, of the New York Giants halfway through training camp. The preseason game's still to come. That's really the back end of of training camp. And Ed, let's talk about some of the things we haven't learned yet about this team that we really hope to find out about before the season starts. What's the top of your list? Oh, Patty, the top of my list isn't going to be a surprise to you. The top of my list is how the, the interior of the offensive line is going to shake out We've seen, you know, I'll start at the center spot. A week ago, I would have said that it was John Michael Schmidt's job because I think he ran with the first team four or five days in a row. And I thought, oh, that's settled. He's going to be the starting center. Then all of a sudden, Ben Bredesen got two practices in a row, and lately they've been splitting reps. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how that's going to shake out. I still think it's going to be uh, John Michael Schmidt's job in the end. But, you know, Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu are are competing at left guard. And Bredesen has been getting some first-team reps at right guard as well. And I don't know if that's more maintenance for Mark Lewinsky, who's, what, an eight- or nine-year veteran, or if that's a real – indication that that Bredesen could start at any of those three spots I'm not sure what to make of his of his reps at at right guard but but right now you know that that group is unsettled Patty it wouldn't shock me if we get to the regular season and we see what we saw last year we see a rotation of some sort with Bredesen and Azudu in particular but because you know, Dave Bull said it a number of times last year. If guys deserve to play, he hates to not allow them to play some. So we'll see what happens there. But but that's the big question for me. Also on offense, of course, they've got more NFL caliber wide receivers than they can use. And the the big question for me is, is is this the last few weeks of Sterling Shepard's NFL career, or is he going to make this roster? Cause that's, I I think it's 50, 50 right now. I think it's flip a coin. Interesting. I mean, I I would agree with you that Sterling isn't a lock. I'm hoping for him, you know, cause he's a good guy. I'd like to see him end his career on his terms, but just going back to the offensive line for a second, I have a theory about that. I'm just going to throw out here and maybe I'm, I'm way off on this, but Last year, how many times did the Giants kind of get short-staffed a little bit on the interior of the offensive line because of injuries? I mean, if they didn't have Nick Gates playing and John Feliciano was banged up, they basically had to stick with him. So, you know, Bredesen, he only got, what, 30 snaps last year at center? So I wonder if, you know, the coach is moving him at left guard, center, right guard. It's just to get him more snaps, more practice snaps, so that if they need somebody at any of those positions – he can step right in. I do believe it's going to be Schmitz's job, you know, to lose. I think I, I find it very hard to believe that they would a consider a rotation at center, and b not be starting John Michael Schmitz. So that's my theory on the offensive line. 
And, you know, you mentioned receivers. They've got a lot of slot receivers, you know, which which is kind of, you know, um, interesting. But there are also a lot of guys who can pick up yards after the catch, which is kind of an indication as to what maybe they're looking to do in this passing game. Yeah, and and Joe Shane said just this week, he said that he thinks Wandale Robinson might be back off Puff in about a week or so, which – I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. It's a surprise to me. I think most of us had figured just based on his timeline and based on the fact that we haven't seen him do much of anything, we figured he'd be on pup into the regular season. But if he, if he's healthy, if he's ready to go, if everybody's healthy, I think you've got five spots that are locked down. You've got Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, and Jalen Hyatt. And do they keep six? Do they keep seven? And there's about five different guys that that they could choose from there. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, I think the preseason games, which we're going to talk about, you know, in the next segment, that's going to help settle some of those issues. Ed, what about on the defensive side? What's the biggest thing, you know, you, you feel – I think you mentioned cornerback – in the, in the previous segment, but what else do you feel still needs to be resolved there? Well, Patty, you know, we've talked about it since the off season. They, they, the glaring hole is where, where's the edge, where's the edge depth beyond, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. We all love Jihad Ward. We all love Hadi. He's a hardworking guy, but, but he's a limited player. He really is a limited player. He works hard. He's a leader in the locker room. But if they can find somebody that could be a real playmaker, you know, somebody as as cuts are made, yeah, they they could really use an another another edge guy that that can make some plays when when Thibodeau and Ojolari need a rest or or when one of those guys is banged up. What about inside linebacker? How are you feeling about that position? ILB2. Oh, I think that's Darian Beaver's job to lose, Patty. I really do. You know, I, I know that that Micah McFadden has been getting his share of first team reps, but I still believe that that job is Darian Beaver's to lose. I, I go back to the offseason and, and, and just how effusive Wink Martindale was in talking about how it looks different when Darian Beavers is on the field, it looks different than other linebackers that the Giants had a year ago. Beavers just has athleticism and speed that, that Micah McFadden doesn't have. And he, he adds, he adds an element to that group. As long as he's healthy, you know, he adds an element to that group that, that McFadden just can't in terms of range and in terms of pass coverage. Yeah, and he, I think Beavers has gotten most of the starting reps alongside of, of O'Carroll. Most, I'm but not, not all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then, Ed, we got to, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about special teams and your thoughts on the return specialist. Now, obviously, the kickoff return job, you've got that new stupid rule that, you know, maybe you don't have to really hunt for a good kickoff returner like you did back in the day, but punt return is a big one. It looks like that's going to be maybe Eric Gray's job to lose. You think? 
I find that really interesting, Patty, when the Giants put out their unofficial depth chart this week. And we know that the unofficial depth chart doesn't mean much of anything. It's mostly a creation of the PR departments just to because they have to put something out. But I found it interesting that Eric Gray, fifth-round pick, rookie running back, was listed as the first-team punt returner. Thomas McGahee said that oh, a couple of weeks ago, we said Gray is a work in progress as a return man. He did some returning kickoff and punt collegiately, but I don't think he did a lot of punt returning. So that that's a gamble to put him back there. I mean, punt return to me is so much more difficult than kickoff return because the catch is more difficult. You've got so many bodies flying around you. You have so many decisions to make just in terms of whether to catch the ball, whether not to catch the ball. You've got all sorts of weird punts coming at you or weird bounces. And so punt return is not that easy when you haven't done it a lot. And uh, so I, I, I wonder how that's going to work out, but I will say this, and I I may have said this to you standing on a sideline during one of these practices. I can't help but watch this team practice and think that the best return man on this 90 man roster has very little chance of making this team. The best return man to my eyes on this roster is Khalil Pimpleton hands down. And the, the problem is, He's five foot nothing, and you know he weighs about as much as a load of laundry, and and but he's the best return man that to me he's the best return man that they have, but because of the rules and because of the way that that special teams is so limited now, you can't make an NFL roster anymore as just a return guy. You just can't. So yeah. I just don't see. You know, Pimpleton would be on the list of on the list of, of wide receivers that the Giants have. I think what do they have? Thirteen still in camp? Something like that. Thirteen. And he's probably twelve and Jaden Mickens is probably thirteen or vice versa. So I just I don't see him as an option as a wide receiver. So I don't know how he makes the roster because you just can't you just can't give a, a pure kick return or spot. Yeah, definitely. All right. Coming up next, Giant fans, we are going to spin ahead, look at the first preseason game between the Giants and their opponent, the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk about what we'll be watching in that game. Players, specific concept, any any of the of the sort that's coming your way next. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. You've got your host, myself, Patricia Trena, and my special guest is Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And we are at the midway point of New York Giants training camp. And now we're going to take a look at the Giants preseason opener against the Detroit Lions. That's going to be on Friday. Ed, what are you going to be watching in that preseason opener? Probably a lot of third and fourth teamers who aren't going to make their (laughs) roster, Patty. You know what was interesting? I don't think anybody actually bothered to ask Brian Dable flat out the last couple days during the joint practices. I don't think anybody asked him flat out if starters were going to play 
on Friday night. And I also think you and I both know the reason why. Because the exact answer he would have given is, uh, I'm just focused on today, and the coaching staff and I haven't even talked about that yet. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that on Thursday. <laughs> so, Which happens to be a non-media day. Exactly. So, so we weren't going to get an answer and, and we all, and everybody knew it. So didn't even ask the question, but there are some things that, that I'll be looking at Patty. You one is, you know, I have, it's third quarterback. Okay. It's third quarterback, but anybody that's, that's, listen to any of my own podcasts or, or any of that stuff knows that, that I haven't exactly been complimentary to Tommy DeVito. I've, I've said again and again and again, that, that if the giants somehow keep three quarterbacks to, to take advantage of the new NFL rule, that there's no way Tommy DeVito is going to be that third quarterback. I also think that they'll be looking to do better than DeVito when it comes to a, a young practice squad kind of quarterback. So, so memo to Tommy DeVito, Hey, go prove me wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> show me something, complete a pass that doesn't wobble like Billy Kilmer, you know, <laughs> you know, th- show me something Tough crowd. Yeah. Tough you know, what can I tell you? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, I guess is anybody you know the 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 wide receiver group we've been talking about is anybody gonna gonna make a you know make a claim for a job you know any of those you know the David Sills Mickens Pimpleton that that crowd Bryce Ford Wheaton is anybody going to step up and and make a, a bid for a roster spot I guess on defense we've we've talked about inside linebacker you know edge a little bit. The Giants have some young, undrafted free agent players at those positions. We saw Tomon Fox a year ago have a really good preseason and earn a roster spot. Can we, you know, can we see the same from Troy Brown or Deontay Johnson or or Habakkuk Baldonado? I think is how you pronounce his name. Can we see one of those guys step up? So, so it's it, it's the young guys. It's the it, it's it's those kind of players that I always get a kick out of watching in the first preseason game. Yeah, and a lot of people, believe it or not, don't care about that stuff. But really, that's where the heart of the roster kind of takes shape. You know, a lot of people are like, "Ah, oh, who cares? It's preseason." Well, folks, it's important because that's where your back end of the the roster, your your depth, oh. takes shape. Absolutely, and Patty. About- oh, I was just going to say. It takes 53, and, and a lot of times it takes more than 53. It takes 60 or 65 by the time yes. the season's done. So so that that guy at the bottom of the roster on, on the first preseason game, you know, might be a key player for you come week 17. Yes, absolutely. You never know. And what about from the coaching? Now, obviously, we're not going to see any game planning. We're going to see a lot of vanilla stuff. But still, you know, there, there's little tidbits and little things that you can kind of pick up with regards to, okay, are the Giants going to maybe throw more passes down the field? You know, are they going to play, um, I don't know, on defense, third downs differently or, or the run differently? You know, little tiny things. What do you 
anticipate we might see from the coaching? Um, and I know you're probably going to say not much, but there's, there's going to be some stuff that I'm sure will kind of pop through, whether they try, you know, regardless of whether they're trying to hide it or not. Oh, you know, Patty, I think that that what you want to see or, or, or what you what you hope to see is offensively, you, do we do we get some hints about how they're going to approach it? Do we get some hints about about the ball going down the field a little bit more? Do we do we get some hints from Wink Martindale? You know, he's got he's got more in the secondary than he had a year ago, just in terms of depth. Do we do we read anything? You know, if he comes out Friday night and and just rushes four most of the time, and do we read anything into that? So, I mean, I don't think so. I think that I think that Wink Martindale doesn't know how not to be aggressive. So, but but I think that you you look for little hints of, about whether the approach is different or not. I don't I don't know that you're able to get them from the first preseason game. I really think that that they're just putting together a, you know, a, a vanilla play sheet to, to get through a game and, and uh, you know, and, and get to the next week and get back to practice. But, but maybe we get some hints about, shoot, maybe we get some hints about how some of the guys can be used. A guy like Eric Gray, you know, a guy, maybe, maybe a guy like Lawrence Cager. We get some hints about how the Giants might utilize Cager, who I think is, is as close to a lock as any of the backup players on this roster is as far as making the 53. Going to be interesting. I mean, we're finally going to have real football or the next closest thing to real football as they take it up a notch. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about after that game as, as rosters decisions maybe start to become a little, you know, clearer. I know I'll probably be doing a 53-man projection. I'm sure you'll be doing one as well. So uh, it's going to be fun, Ed. I mean, we're going to catch it, obviously, at home because we're not in Detroit, unfortunately. But uh, a lot of football coming up. And then, of course, after that game, the Giants off Sunday. They're back on the practice field Monday to continue the back half of training camp. And we, of course, will bring you all that stuff. So you want to check out Big Blue View. You'll want to keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And you'll also want to check out Giants Country for all things New York Giants. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. I want to thank good friend Ed Valentine for coming on with me, as always. And uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you um, probably tomorrow. Yeah, we will see you tomorrow. I'll have Matt Derry of Locked on Lions, and we're going to do a special show, a little crossover show which I think you guys are going to find interesting. And then we'll go into the game and I'll have a wrap up for you right after that. So hope you will tune in. See you tomorrow, Giant fans.